think they have to get a one zone because is that right? The two Say. section. You can't come back. Is that right? Now, what did I do with my ticket that I just bought? Um, I'm sure I put it in a safe spot. Pocket? In your um, shirt pocket? Shirt pocket? That would have been fine. No. I'll just get another ticket. has been an interesting concept. <laughs> <laughs> I am currently, I'm James by the way. Hi James. I am standing on the Men's Street Jetty in South Perth and I'm joined by Emily Lester. Who are you Emily? I'm a marine scientist at the University of Western Australia. Oh my god, a marine scientist. Okay. Mm, I was thinking about what to call myself but I went with marine scientist in the end. Yeah, I, probably you probably get this all the time but there's a whole Seinfeld episode called The Marine Biologist. Is there a marine biologist? I have a print of that on my desk. Okay. <laughs> is that a different job or is it a similar thing? Uh, I think it would be a similar thing. I think there's lots of different names for what we do. I'm trying to do the most ridiculous interview with you <laughs> ever where we're podcasting on a jetty and we're about to get on a ferry to drive, take the boat to the other side of the Swan River. Now, what did I do with my ticket that I just bought? <laughs> Um. Uh-oh. Emily, you have a British accent? I do, I do. Lots of people tell me I've lost it, so I'm glad you could pick it up. But I've been in Australia for about nine years now. I was meant to come for a year to do my master's, and I just haven't left. And you're doing your master's, so you, had a, you were doing it, studying in um, England? Uh, yes, I was studying in the UK. I did my undergrad at the University of York. I just want to sit at the front. Okay. Okay. Just further, further away from the engines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I, we just jo- jumped on the ferry and we uh, got a seat at the front of the ferry. Do you ever take the ferry much? No, no, I can't say I do, but I should. It's lovely. But you live, I mean, I looked you up online. And it was like, hey, Emily's taken over the UWA oh, gosh. <laughs> um, Instagram page for marine science or something. And it's just like, check out my life on a boat. Yeah, that is my life 5% of the time. I <laughs> don't live on a boat, unfortunately. No. Wow. But whenever we get into the field, we like to show everyone because it's like, it's only 5% of our time, but it is the best time we ever have. And okay. then the rest of the year, we're in front of a computer, writing, doing the analysis, writing the papers, and yeah. wishing we were back yeah. in the field. <laughs> Yeah, I've had a few friends who do PhDs and it's like, yeah, well, come and help me climb a tree. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, you do this all the time? It's like, no. And I talked to them five years later. I'm, yeah, I'm still studying what I climbed up that tree to do like <laughs> with the data. I'm still looking at the data. Yeah. Is that right? That is definitely the way it happens, yeah. I looked up what you're, I don't know, what you're studying, but mm-hmm. I figured it's probably better for you to explain what you do, what your expertise is in. Sure. Um, I'm interested in a few things. Um, The first of them is behaviour. I'm really interested in how species interact. So things like 
um, predator-prey interactions and competition and whether these are a driving force in ecosystems. And so for marine science, that is sharks and how they interact with their prey and whether sharks can alter the behavior of prey and by installing fear in them, I guess. And so when sharks are around, prey species change their behavior because they're scared. And I think that's a really important ecological force. I... Def- I should probably get all the stupid questions out of the way, but I definitely changed my behaviour about swimming in the ocean because I don't want to be eaten by a shark. I think most people do. By just trying to do it. I prefer to swim in a river <laughs> or a swimming pool. Yeah. Although, this is m- actually my top thing I had on my list of questions. We're on the Swan River, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there are sh- apparently sharks. Yeah, bull River. sharks. Okay. Um, I won't go diving here at night <laughs> because of the bull sharks. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a um, juvenile one. Oh, oh. If you're very unlucky, <laughs> the chances are very, very slim. But yeah, there, there were sharks around in the river, and um, I guess you could get unlucky one day. For people unfamiliar with Perth, like um, probably most people who listen to this, <laughs> the, uh, we're on the Swan River, and we're probably a few, quite a few kilometres in, not that far away from the ocean, but the river winds around a bit, so we're probably mm. quite a few k's up. But I have heard people see bull sharks up as far as here. Yeah, it's remarkable. Is, that, is this their native environment or they just get well they curious <laughs> that's a good question there's lots we don't know about sharks and bull sharks is not something i study but i do know that they can survive in estuarine environments and rivers and the mm-hmm. oceans so that sort of flexibility is really amazing awesome. something i don't know that much about i'm afraid okay sorry <laughs> no that's all right no i saw a bullfrog and a uh, bull shark and a bullfrog <laughs> on your uh, on one of your pages and i'm like oh i wonder if she knows anything about them because i've always been curious about mm whether they lived here or they just because sometimes you get curious animals just coming up the river and seeing what's going on like i see dolphins up here yeah dolphins far. will come up here too yeah all the highly mi- uh, migratory stuff all the really mobile stuff will be around what were you studying in england uh england i was studying just straight biology so it okay. was really nice and broad i got to try a little bit of everything a little bit of um, ecology a little bit of biochemistry and a little bit of genetics and I volunteered to basically um, go abroad and volunteer for some coral reef research in Indonesia and I stayed out there for a month and just fell in love with marine science. So when I came back, I... So you went to Indonesia for fun? Uh, I guess it was more a volunteer scheme where you raise lots of money and... (laughs) Okay, so it wasn't like an exchange, like... Hey, do a semester in Indonesia. Yeah, it was it was sort of like that. But um, do you get credits for it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yes, it, you get credits for it, and um, you get to help out other researchers with their research, and you get to. It's cool because you actually get to see quite a lot of different sides of marine science. So one day you're helping out a coral ecologist, the next day you're helping out a, a fish ecologist. So you get to try a little bit of everything, which was really fun. Okay. Cool. Ferry's just moving out, so you can hear the engines probably roaring somewhere in the background, hopefully. And why come to Australia? Because you have lots of incredible marine life over here. So did you just decide to specialise in marine before doing... You came here to do Masters. I did. I came here to do my Masters, and... I grew up watching a lot of Attenborough. Yeah. So you would probably have done like a major in marine over in the UK? or No, No, my major was in um, just ecology. And yeah, I did a really weird sort of genetics project for my uh, undergraduate kind of um, dissertation, it was called. And it 
you know, I, I did it, but it wasn't really what I was very interested in. I found myself being drawn to all these marine science papers and then all the papers that I liked came from this lab in Western Australia and I thought, well, I guess it would be a good opportunity to go over there and see what it's like, see if I like it. And I had dual nationality, which makes it easier. I was very okay. lucky. And what, you just have some Australian in you? Yeah, I do. In you. In you. <laughs> yeah, my parents grew up in Perth. Oh, okay. And had you moved... ever been here before? I had on holiday, but, oh, okay. you know, not, not... Was it scary coming here? It was a bit, actually. Did your parents, they don't still live here? Uh, no, my mum and my brother are in the UK. Okay. They come and visit. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a bit scary. Um, it was very lonely for a little bit, actually. So what, did you get like a, a rent a place or did you get like a dorm at the university or something? Uh, I rented a place in Scarborough, okay. which was super fun. Yeah. And I managed to get a job in a bar, just the bird in Northbridge, oh, yeah. which was the best way to make friends. Okay. Yeah. Cool. They were like my, uh, my new family, I guess. They were lovely. So you get here... And what's the masters all about? Like, what's I had to study a bunch of units, which was great because yep. I came here and I was behind everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I'd done straight biology, and I was in this all these lectures with people who'd grown up with Perth all the, in Perth all their life, and yeah. they were you know really well acquainted with the marine life over here. And I was sitting there like I don't even know what the Lewin Current is. You know, I was like really, oh, okay. really There's quite behind. There's a lot behind. of local lingo you had to get caught yeah. up on. Yeah. But it was great. I, I learned really quickly and um, I managed to get a, a project studying whale sharks up at Ningaloo, which oh, okay. was the yeah. dream. And yeah, it's a bit fancy. It was, it was very fancy. It was, it so was really are they fun. like really big? They are, yes. Because you see them on TV and they look ginormous, but I'm like, yeah. is that some camera effect? I've, seen quite a, I've been lucky enough to see a few whale sharks now and yeah. every time I see one, I'm just blown away by how big it is. It, yeah. it still takes me a while to be like, oh, yes, they're... The world's biggest fish, and yeah. <laughs> they're huge. Yeah. Like, I really want to see one next to like a whale because I've seen whales <laughs> out in the wild, but never. Oh, I've you'll seen probably a... be underwhelmed if you see one next to a whale. I don't okay. know for that. Even a small whale? Oh, <laughs> uh, what kind? Of they whale? whale sharks, right? I know, I know. It's confusing. Yeah. Are they a whale? Are they a shark? Do you, okay. <laughs> um, what did you learn about whale sharks? I was looking at their population size. So there's, there's one really cool thing about whale sharks is they've, they're covered in this amazing spot and stripe pattern. And yeah. the pattern is unique to each individual. Mm-hmm. So if you take a photo of that individual in a specific area, it's like a fingerprint. Yeah. And we can identify that individual over time. And so I use these photos to make a category of individual whale sharks at Ningaloo. And I ran these models to try and see how big the population is and whether the population has been increasing or decreasing over time. And that's really important because they come to... We see them at Ningaloo, but that's only for part of the year. Afterwards, they head off to God knows where, and it's really hard to keep tabs on what they're doing, what the populations are doing. So we need to think outside the box and do studies like that to try and get a a handle on their ecology and what threats they're facing. Do they face threats around threats around australia or do they go up to like indonesia and their risk of getting their fins cut off or something for yeah well because i they, know that's a problem they, up that in, is a big yeah, problem yeah yeah but maybe closer to home one of the big problems is boat strikes and okay yeah that makes i've always wondered about that yeah yeah i was watching uh, just you know i follow this little feed that's like big machines and then you, they show you how big the propellers are on these yeah these, some of these boats and i'm like 
surely these have chopped up a few sh- whales or sharks or something. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. And even the smaller boats um, are a bit of a threat to whale sharks. We yeah. see quite a few of them with scars from propellers. And, you know, it's really easy to see a scar from a propeller. You can't mistake it yeah, from yeah. anything else. So it's like... Exactly. Like Morse code. Definitely. Like this parallel series of lacerations, we call it. But, uh, yeah, we also did a study on that, and we were looking at the individuals over time and the injuries that they were getting over time, and we saw that actually these scars from propellers were has been increasing. So it looks like this threat has been increasing at Ningaloo. There's going to be something crazy this year, because I've seen so many people, because we're in lockdown, yeah. no one can go overseas. Everyone that normally goes to Bali three times a year is going to Exmouth three times a year. Mm. Yeah, is so Exmouth was very busy this year. Well... So even though we found that this these scars were increasing, we don't know where it's been yeah. happening. And because okay. whale sharks are so migratory, you know, like you said, they yeah. can go to Indonesia and back. We, you know, we can't assign great blame to a particular group of people, but we all do need to be careful when we're in the water mm. up there. And it's good to raise awareness of this sort of thing for sure, especially in busy years like this one where Ningaloo has been absolutely pumping. Yeah. I, I, it's possibly... I saw it on your feed, but I saw some crazy um, maps of like trackers being put on great white sharks. Yeah, and just going like almost around the world, <laughs> like all around the Pacific, which is like basically like going around the world. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? Um, every time I see tracks like that, like, how on earth do they manage to do that? How do they navigate? Do you think they know what they're doing? Are they coming back somewhere? Like we're f- trying. <laughs> this is what you're trying to do, right? Uh, yeah. Well, people like you. This is what the community is trying to do. We're trying to figure out where they go, why they go there, what they're doing, you know. Yeah. Especially things that, like whale sharks, they can dive down to 1,800 metres. I mean, what are they doing down there? It's cold, it's dark. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be there. So. Yeah, you wonder. Um, I noticed there was like that really rich guy, Eric Schmidt. Didn't he bring his boat down here recently to oh, go look in some geez. canyon down south? Yeah. That was very cool. And they were looking for sperm whales to see how... Maybe? I can't remember. At least this one <laughs> article I got sent by my mum who's went mm. down to Bremer Bay or something and there's a bunch of... She saw a bunch of whales and it just, like, blew her mind because she actually saw, like, some killer whales kill another shark. Uh, no, another whale, sorry. What? Yeah. Wow. And all the birds came in to get all the blood, suck up all the blood, and it was like this crazy ecosystem just came alive with this one kill. Anyway, that's insane. it sounded like amazing, but I wasn't there. I just that is amazing. I w- <laughs> that's something I've wanted to do for years is go to Bremer Bay. Sounds like a very special place. Are we going to get off? Yeah, I don't know. We do want to walk. <laughs> I was thinking we could walk. <laughs> there you come back. Thanks. See ya. Thanks. Yeah, I have to wonder about Bremer Canyon and what's down there. We've arrived in Elizabeth Key. Don't say Quay like I've embarrassingly done before. <laughs> It smells like donuts. So what were we talking about? All right. But you were, this, you were doing whale sharks for your um, masters, and you're still doing... Oh, you're doing predator-prey. Um, yeah, predator-prey interactions for the PhD. How do you decide that? Like, I hear it's like half the difficulty of PhD is deciding what to do. Yeah, I think it took me the first year of my PhD to really knuckle down what I wanted to do and what questions I wanted to answer and then figure out how on earth to do it. <laughs> it's quite quite a challenging process, but it was great. Um, I can't tell you how I decided to do it. I just thought it was a particularly cool area of ecology and someone, my supervisors said, sure, we'll let you have a go at this. And we just went from there. 
Okay. And so your end of your master's was what? Presenting what you knew about whale sharks? Yeah. Or does it fold straight into your PhD? Well, I was actually lucky enough to get a short-term contract after my master's uh, with DBCA and the Australian Institute of Marine Science to continue the whale shark work, which is where the thing I was talking to you about, the injuries came in. I got to do that work afterwards, which was nice. And so that also... Let me have a bit of a break before the... Sorry, what's the DBC? Oh, sorry, DBCA is um, the Department of Biodiversity, Conservations oh, and Att- yeah, Attractions. It's a big mouthful, but it's basically just parks and wildlife. Okay. And so they're, they've been tasked to like, hey, are we effing up these bloody whale sharks in their home? <laughs> well, yeah, they um, look after Western Australia's like marine parks and also threatened and iconic animals, which whale sharks fall under. Yeah. So they're tasked to look after those. So what was your... Were you living on site then? Uh, no. Or were you still home here looking at data? <laughs> I was Most still, of the time, 95% of the time. I was still home here looking at data. Unfortunately, my master's was a, what we call a desktop project. So uh, okay, yeah. I had all the photos from tourism operators of the whale shark fingerprints. And I got to sit at my desk and identify them all. Oh, dear. But I was lucky enough to um, volunteer on big whale shark trips every year. So I did get to see them for two weeks every year. And just posted the hell out of it on Instagram, <laughs> which is probably what you saw. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what whether you're... I'll put your Twitter in the uh, show notes. You definitely should follow her and check out all the stuff she shoots oh, underwater and stuff. like. It's just the random... I assume, I th- for some reason, before I Googled you, <laughs> I thought you were studying seahorses because oh, the oh, one yeah. photo that I have bookmarked is you like this seahorse that you found in the water that looks just like the seaweed around it. And I was like... I wonder if I've seen seahorses all around and just never knew it because I just assumed it was seaweed. Oh, that, blug- that bugs me all the time. I reckon we see so much cool stuff that we don't know is, cool thing- is a cool thing at the time. Hmm. It's just a master of camouflage. It might have been um, the weedy sea dragon, the, the oh, like, yep, long seahorse. Right. Weedy sea dragon. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, I actually spent about a year trying to find them in Perth because I heard they were around, but... And I was talking to lots of people about, you know, where they were, what times of year, what to look out for. And, yeah, it took me a bloody year, but <laughs> I found so what, them. What, okay, what was the context of you finding one? Then? I just thought they were incredible. And um, Were you recreationally scuba diving and saw one, or were you yeah. out looking for them? For Like, what came first? Were you out scuba diving for fun, or were you out looking for sea dragons? Oh, it's always for fun, but yeah. um, I guess... I don't know, it just became like this strange mission of mine because you can only find them in Australia. Okay, yeah. So I was like, well, I've got to find one before I potentially leave. I mean, that, I mean, that one really, I know, whale sharks are amazing, but you see them all the time. <laughs> the sea dragon really blew around because I'm like, I'm like, you must, I don't know, where did you find, see that? Was in- it was a place called Point Perrin, okay, which is um, near Rockingham. Yeah, it's, it's local. Like, you can see it is, them. yeah. And apparently they're off Cottesloe as well and um, Port Beach, they're everywhere. But you've just got to get your eye in. Mm-hmm. So were you, you're recreationally... So wh- how much do you spend time doing stuff for fun? Well, depends on the Because most weather. people, you know, they <laughs> clock off and they're like, oh, I don't want to think about that thing that I'm studying. Um, yeah, no, I guess... Yeah, I was having this conversation with someone at the dog park the other day and they were laughing at me because they asked me what my hobbies were. And I was like, well, I like to go snorkeling and scuba diving. And he called me a workaholic because apparently that's what I do for work. But, yeah, I guess 
I spend so much time in front of the computer that uh, yeah. after the ninety five percent. Yes. After a day like, you know, writing up all the data, you just want to get in the water and actually remind yourself why you love it. That's great. Now going back to the river, yes. which I know you don't really study, but <laughs> you mentioned we're actually it's actually like a really weird weathered summer day. There's some kind of blustery hot wind coming through and we're walking around Elizabeth Key and uh, it's nice and sunny, it's, it's in Magica. But you were saying, possibly we weren't recording then, I can't remember, but before we started officially, that you're like, you know, we should be recording underwater because it's perfect conditions for night diving. Mm. Now, I remember I didn't do it, but the kids in my school that got did biology, one of the excursions was to dive in the Swan River and they're like, they went in it going, this is going to be so boring, why can't we go to the reef and do it? And they came back, like they're mind-blowing, going, oh my God, there's all this crazy glow-in-the-dark stuff in the river. Because I went at night or something. Yeah, the river changes completely at night. It's amazing. If you like seahorses, the river is absolutely chockers with them. My experience in the Swan River is we had, my first primary school I went to, our swim carnival was there. Uh-huh. And we had to swim between the, our races were between the jetties at Matilda Bay. And you'd be swimming through jellyfish. Yeah. That was the grossest thing ever. And I'm like, that was no way in this day and age that would be allowed to happen. That <laughs> no. probably showing my age. but uh. Yeah, look, that's the downside of diving in the river is all the gross jellyfish. Yeah. I'm not a fan of jellyfish either. Yeah. I, I understand they're important and they need to be there, but still not a fan. Are there any actually dangerous jellyfish in our river? Do you know? Uh, no. <laughs> Anything to be worried about? No, nothing to be worried about. Definitely, you know, in the ocean, you get a, a few zaps. There might be the odd blue bottle, okay, but yes. All right. yeah. nothing <laughs> lethal. <laughs> okay. When, when you brought up night diving, what were you thinking about? Or were you thinking about in the ocean? Ocean, yeah. I think ocean night diving is the favourite for me. Yeah. My friends catch prawns in the river, and that's meant to be pretty fun. But no, I kind of like diving in the river because all the behaviour changes. Oh, so you do I, dive in the river? Uh, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> when, when you're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you go in Perth? Where's a diving spot? At the moment, I'm I'm really into um, the Omeo Wreck, which is oh yeah, kind of south again. It's just so fun, and they've got lots of structures on there at the moment, lots of cuttlefish and lots of other interesting critters just hanging around under rocks. And there's a lionfish as well, which is very cool. Okay, so what? Okay, you're doing predator prey analysis. What 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 are you doing? What are you studying? Uh, I'm studying reef sharks and how they interact with other fish. What is a reef shark? Is oh, sorry. Or is that a, they a are reef? the smaller sharks you'd see on a coral reef, things like black tips, white tips, grey reefs. So smaller than the big apex ones, like okay. smaller than tiger sharks and so great whites. you can swim around them and not freak out too much? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends. Some, some reef sharks are a bit uh, cheeky, yeah. I think, more so than the apex ones. Have you been ones. bitten? No, <laughs> I have not. In touch with, I will never get bitten. <laughs> that doesn't look like a fun Do you, experience. I assume you're not the person who has, is it talophasophobia or talophasophobia? Is that a fear of sharks? It's like the fear of like deep water. Like you get in and go, uh, oh my God, this is crazy how much stuff is below me. No, I quite like blue water diving where you just don't know how deep it is and yeah. you have no concept of, you know, whether that fish down there is a really small fish that's close or a really big shark that's far away but i do know some marine scientists who are terrified of blue water diving and they get very uncomfortable out in the blue prefer to be like by the shelter of a reef yeah hmm. marine scientists terrified of diving 
Well, just out in the open. No, oh, okay. Know. All right. Specifically. Okay. Yeah. Specifically out there. Yeah, that would be unfortunate, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> Marine scientist who's scared of diving. I've definitely had that kind of woo feeling yeah. at certain places, but I can't, I'm not sure I'm... I don't know. I've never really put myself to the test to see if I could. <laughs> the only time I did get scared was when I, um, when a big sandbar shark kind of emerged from the blue to come check us out because I thought it was quite small and then it got closer and closer and bigger and oh, bigger. Wow. I was like, oh, okay, yes, that was a little bit exciting. <laughs> Do you reckon I've lost my ticket here? What's the chances? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think I saw you recently, you went to somewhere called like the Rolly Shoals. I did, I went to the Rolly Shoals. What are the Rolly Shoals? The Rolly Shoals is a magical coral reef atoll in northwest Australia. It's very remote, so I think we have to go up to Broome and then you have to hop on a boat and steam 30 hours out towards Indonesia. Yeah. And you'll come across these really remote, beautiful shoals. And um, What is a shoal? I assume they're not oh, an island. No. it's um, I, Oh, gosh, that's embarrassing. I can't well, I, well I, when you posted that, I had to look up, because like, I'd heard the name before, but it wasn't until you posted it that I actually was like, you know what, I should Google that. Yeah, and apparently I should too. And then I still didn't really understand... Are they islands or are they just reefs that are near the surface of the water? Maybe it's a reef where the... um, Because there's atolls, which I know is just reef. And then there's a shoal, which maybe it has... Maybe the landmass is submerged. I have to Google and (laughs) correct myself. But there's no actual islands out there. You're on a boat basically all the time. Uh, There is land in the middle of two of them, but it's very small, just like a, a... pile of sand basically <laughs> did you get off onto it plant a flag or something uh we did we did because we, we were lucky enough to do some there's some birds that nest there they're very rare and we were surveying them and making why sure. were you there i was there for work oh work that's cool yeah Jeez, you have the dream job do you or do you like a job no this is my dream yeah, job. Okay. <laughs> i love my job uh yeah I'm, I'm lucky enough to work in west australia's marine parks at the moment and the Rolly is Shoals is one of the DBC? them. No, I'm working for the DBCA. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, the Rolly Shoals is one of the marine parks, and we were out there surveying the coral and the fish communities and the invertebrates and all the cool stuff. And it was pretty magical. The the coral was looking spectacular. the The place was bursting with fish and sharks. It was yeah, very special. You've been stuck in a storm. Oh yeah, you, there's been a few storms. <laughs> there's a few storms. <laughs> there's been a few storms. Um, there's been many a seasick evening and morning. So you get seasick? I do, yeah, quite badly. <laughs> uh, just naturally or in really bad water? Um, the first few days on any boat are always a bit queasy oh, for me. Okay. All right. um, but yeah, you do find your sea legs, that's something that happens. On, on smaller boats or, or bigger <laughs> boats or is it all boats? It tends to be on smaller boats. Small boats in really choppy weather, just that'll do me. That's, <laughs> that's me done. <laughs> do you get seasick? Uh... Some, I have done, but I've never. I can never tell you what triggered it because it, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah. Um, and it's really weird because I'm like, oh crap, I'm getting seasick. I didn't think I would get seasick. <laughs> I know. And once that enters your mind, it's hard to shake it. Yeah. Hmm. It's like a mind virus. Um, it is. I think the reason I get seasick for work is because you can't just sit there and look at the horizon and uh, feel better. You're you've got to do stuff. You've got to do stuff or type on a computer. And yeah, it's not pleasant, but part of the job. Do you snorkel, dive, or both? I do both. I'm trying to get a, to be a better free diver. What's, What's that? Free diving is like scuba diving, but without the tank. 
so you you get really good at holding your breath and you're able to that's the one where everyone dies right well if you're it's like the um yeah. what do they call it the wing the wing gliding of um what do they call it? wing sir no wing what's that thing where they you uh, wear a wing suiting and I everyone like every top person in the world has died basically and then you become the top person by the uh, top person above you dying like by hitting a bridge or something yeah look i'm not aiming to be that good (laughs) (laughs) if i could hold my breath for like two minutes i think that would be good yeah i just quite like the feeling of snorkeling and i think it'll be quite nice to not have the bulky tank behind you do you do the wim hof method the wim hof what's that method is that where you like Uh, it's something it's about like you know practicing holding your breath for long periods of time ah yeah i do try to do that if there's like ads on or you know there's <laughs> if i'm talking to someone i just sometimes just hold my breath until they stop and see if i can make it God. which is <laughs> probably a strange behavior definitely <laughs> ticket number three i can't believe this <laughs> i guess this is good drama for the podcast <laughs> For people playing at home, I'm buying a ferry ticket to get back on the ferry to get back to where we came from. And I've already bought two, and I've lost them. Because I didn't put it in the top pocket, like no. Emily recommended. What is your dream destination? Like, let's say the COVID thing went away, mm. and you got won the lotto. Where would you go to dive or snorkel? Or That's a really good question. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Raja Ampat on a liverboard and just liverboard yeah where well you, you basically um live on board a boat and all you do is um go Wait, you might have to explain this that's not a place you just said uh raja Ampat is in um it's in indonesia okay that's the location but basically you just get to go live on a boat and go dive in some spectacular places sounds like the dream to me you live in a boat and go around the islands? Yeah. Okay. Um, what, did you do that when you were in Indonesia at that time before? I did. Uh, yeah, I did for a bit and it was a dream come true, but it, I don't know, Raja, Raja just seems to be a very special place. Mm. There's lots of amazing coral and sharks and I'd, I'd really like to see it. Is oh. this like a realistic thing that you're probably going to do anyway if you don't win a lottery? Marine biologists don't know that much. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is expensive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be expensive. You can't get a you know a job with some Indonesian government body to trying. <laughs> okay. You're trying. No. No. Oh. Joking. Um, but I you will try. Maybe. I will try to get yeah. there one day. Maybe a research proposal will come up. Okay. It's either that or the Galapagos to see the schooling hammerheads. Yeah. And they have like hundreds and hundreds of them that just swim up swim by man that looks insane it does look are insane are you obsessed with sharks now or is there something else when you're done with this you're mm. going to go do something oh, I'm going to get into these sea dragons or I am dabbling in the world of algae and corals and seagrass and that sort of okay. thing and it's actually pretty cool so you know maybe it's not all about sharks maybe there's other stuff out there too but sharks are pretty cool um, getting back to your PhD you post these photos of um I don't know, like fake sharks in the water? <laughs> What's that about? So that is how I studied interactions between sharks and other fish. Because basically I was interested in whether sharks can create fear in other fish. Yeah. And it's actually pretty hard to observe in the wild because sharks are very un- uncooperative. They're not going to swim transects for you or scare certain types of fish. Yeah. And if you were to be there in person and try to record 
interactions between sharks and other species, like humans are terrifying. So yeah, yeah. my presence would probably ruin everything. Yeah, it's the, um, um, yeah. the quantum effect where observing changes as a result, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So we ended up using these life-size models of sharks and other non-threatening species to run experiments and see, you know, in the presence of these threatening models, do fish change their behaviour? Do they eat less? Are they less willing to travel far from shelter? And it turns out they were actually really effective decoys. The, the sharks really did, like, fool the fish. Okay. They really did scare them. We had a remora trying to attach to the shark, which is what we see in the natural world, so that was a really good sign. So do you, what, you set up, like, a webcam or a GoPro that's filming yeah, while you're not there? Yeah, and we set up some remote cameras. Is that what you're doing that 95%, just staring at you? Yep. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, have a secret. Looking at very tiny, nuanced behavioural interactions and <laughs> wow. and counting the number of times that fish will try to eat some bait items in the presence of a shark, in the presence of no shark, that sort of thing. Do you guys have to use machine learning now? And that's the buzz thing? I would love to use machine learning. That would make my job so much easier. All my PhD friends seem to be, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got to got to use machine learning now to run algorithms over video and count how many trees there are in this forest and stuff yeah like that. it would be so cool and there are definitely people who have put in some great um proposals to do that sort of thing mm. so you could just go sample a reef and take lots of videos and then you know the machine learning algorithm would pick out fish pick yeah. out how big it is and what sort of behavior is it doing it would be amazing we could imagine they can go look at those unique markings on the whale shark and track them pretty yes, well. Yes, yeah. definitely. That's another thing I'm, I'm trying to get off the ground as well, but time, money. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Sounds really interesting. Recently in WA, maybe a few years ago now, there was this whole anti-shark campaign, like... The shark cull? The shark cull, yeah. Mm. People were like, let's get the bloody sharks. Yeah. Because um, they're eating too many people, um, even though most of these people were in the shark's home. Um, what did, Were you involved in this? What, what was your thoughts on this? Are you um, even allowed to talk about this? Is it too <laughs> controversial in your view? It's, one of, it's not something I study, so I won't weigh into it. But, you know, there was a lot of attacks that year and I understand the knee-jerk reaction, but, you know, culling sharks from a scientific point of view isn't going to do anything because mm. they're highly migratory. So if you catch a shark, you don't know if it's the one that was responsible for yeah. the attack, for example. And even if you do remove one shark from a system, you're not going to stop another one coming in. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it's going to achieve much if you want to reduce shark population numbers. And there's lots of people looking at other intelligent ways to reduce interactions between humans and sharks. There's like drone, there's drone surveys that are going on. There's yeah. um, also personal preventative measures like Shark Shield. There's lots of studies on that now that show that does reduce the interest of the shark. I mean, and is that like putting out ultrasonic things? Uh, it's a big, or? a strong electromagnetic field, so okay. sharks can detect electromagnetic fields, which they use to for a few things. One of them is like to detect the heartbeat of prey at hot, close ranges, that sort of thing. But it's quite a sensitive, it's quite a sensitive uh, device, <laughs> like okay. a better word. So, um, if you put a big electromagnetic field out there, it overwhelms the sense. Yeah, and um, the shark most of the time will just go ah and swim away that's the okay. idea alright do you use these? I do actually for work um, right, if so I'm get do- in. yeah <laughs> well like for example I was out um, sampling seagrass and yeah. there was a seal colony or sea lion colony 
couple hundred meters away and it was that time of year and i thought mm, probably best to wear a shark shield oh cool <laughs> just even for your own peace of mind yeah because i imagine if yeah it just takes like i my mum saw the ecosystem reacts to one kill when all these they smell the blood and all these other creatures come in i imagine the sharks can smell the blood coming in and yeah i'm not sure was well, that a myth that sharks smell blood they do have a really good sense of smell yeah but i'm not sure how sensitive maybe they can <laughs> you've been um observing like the wa conditions for eight years now like mm. working with the department like have you seen any changes you know in terms of pollution or global warming like over mm. that eight years have you noticed That's a good question. Are you noticing this stuff firsthand uh maybe i'm more aware of it but i'm i did remember the heat wave we had in 2010 2011 i wasn't I remember seeing the aftermath of that okay. when I first got here. Well, and there was all these bleaching. There was some bleaching, yeah. there was some die-offs, that sort of thing. And so that was interesting. And I also saw the Scott Reef after it bleached in 2016, I think, which is a reef up north again. And yeah. I was, when I did my field work in the Great Barrier Reef, that was pretty badly bleached as well. So yeah. What does bleaching mean? Ah, that's um, when the coral is stark white. So it coral has these um it's called zooxanthella which are little algae that help it make food basically and, and when it gets too hot it expels the little algae and it loses its color okay. and it's basically stressed out of its mind okay and so it can it's not completely dead no but if it stays bleached for a while it will die okay oh wow so i've seen some bleaching events which has been quite sad but you guys don't have to deal with like fishing lines and I've, stuff with your work or? yeah I have noticed that especially at a few um, I think it's called Ammo Jetty I remember I was doing a night dive there okay. and it was lovely you saw all the cool things and saw some eels and then you know right at the end there was a dead juvenile tiger shark oh no and you know heaps of fishing line around and so that's never nice to see yeah, mm. yeah there was a we were speaking earlier about the kind of interesting creatures you get swimming up the river and there's some dolphins that live in the river or love to hang out here and a couple of them died in a, within a short period of time I oh. think because a mother like maybe last year or the year before because they all got tangled up in fishing wire Oh. and I think maybe the mother died and it had a calf and so the calf eventually died as well because it wasn't getting fed um, I don't know, bring it down a bit <laughs> no it is, it is sad I mean I have yeah you do notice the the degrading status of the world's oceans is it's hard to ignore especially if you're reading all about it every day and seeing all the plastic pollution but i i think it's kind of your moral obligation as a researcher to stay positive about these sort of things yeah. and just believe that you know if you keep on putting the message out there people are going to pick mm. respond and they're going to pick up on it and you know eventually we'll be on renewables and hopefully <laughs> before it's too late yeah yeah hopefully mm. oh we Made it back to the other side of the river. We did. On the ferry. I'm going to check if my ticket is in my pocket this time. No? <laughs> what am I doing with these tickets? Am I just what letting them blow doing? away? I'm sure they're in my bag. I'm putting them somewhere in my bag. You'll find like all four of them. Yeah. And there's a... Uh, someone's dropped their lollipop. Oh, no. How did you lose that? This must be in my pocket, surely. I'm going crazy. I am just having one of those days. Oh. Ticket machines. Not working for Emily to scan off her card. But we're back on Men's Street Jetty. <laughs> we made it. We made it. Three tickets um, later. I guess I wanted to ask maybe to finish up, like, 
what are your top recs for people in Perth if they want to see some cool stuff like locally? Like I know I've been scu- uh, not scuba diving but snorkeling in on some reefs in um, around Rottnest where they had, actually had underwater like guided you know they had some plaques in the water that you could follow around the reef. Mm. I guess my top spots are I love Point Perrin in Rockingham. That's just amazing, but you've got to get it Casuals. on the right day. Okay, what is it there? What is in Point Perrin? I've been, I went on a school camp there, but we didn't go s- snorkeling. So there is, there are lots of those weedy sea dragons that okay, we were talking yep. about before. There's just lots of other really cool critters, like big rays and just heaps of fish and interesting swim throughs. Um, but you've got to, you've got to go on a day when it's not very windy when it's been flat for about a week and then it's just absolutely perfect and magic oh so everything all the sand and that settled down a bit is that the idea yep everything has to line up but yeah it's definitely worth the wait um i also like medham's pool i don't think i've ever been there i've seen on instagram everyone loves it oh it's amazing my friend went the other day and she saw a little port jackson shark oh wow which is very cute they're not dangerous at all (laughs) they they couldn't bite you if they tried My uh, parents, like, retired to a beach house down south, um, mm-hmm. just between Bunbury and Bustleton. And oh, yeah. the beach there is kind of, isn't that amazing? They do have a little bit of a reef going, but you don't oh. go there for snorkeling. Mm. The, the surfers do use it for surfing. <laughs> <laughs> but you do just, sometimes you go down and then, like, one day I saw this, I was walking the dog and the dog starts barking at this thing. And I'm like, oh, is that a, you know, you get dolphins all the time. But I'm like, oh, that looks like a weird fin popping yeah. out of the water. It's like it's hairy or something. And eventually I realized it's actually like a, a seal, you know, oh. with the, its nose that looked like a fin, like of a dolphin, but it had whiskers sticking out. I'm like, oh, no way. Yeah. And then my mum and dad see whales down there and oh. all sorts of creatures that come and go, you know. But I guess if you're in one spot a long time, you get to f- a feel for all the different things you see in there. Definitely. Oh, that's another good spot, actually. You reminded me. Um, swim of the sea lions at Durian Bay. Durian Bay. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you ever been to the penguins on Penguin Island? I haven't. No, I don't know why. I've never been either, even though it's like just around the corner. It's one of those things. One of those things. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to go this weekend. So what's that? Top spots? Oh, and you said the Omeo Wreck? Uh, the Omeo Wreck, yes. Yeah. That's magic. And what, you can snorkel around that? You can. There's For this- regular people or you have yeah. to be pro no no yeah. the wreck is like 10 meters from shore yeah. it's very shallow is that the one with the coyote kind of statue yeah. yeah okay yeah i've been there yeah i haven't been in the water <laughs> i just took my dog there oh you should it's great yeah okay so what metam's pool mm-hmm. point perrin mm-hmm. but what's the point parent point parent has the weedy sea dragons yeah and so it's like all, is it just like fields of seagrass is that what it is there's algae there's a bit of seagrass but it's just typical perth it's just beautiful temperate reef okay Oh, wow. crawling with critters didn't even know see this is the stuff you need to know what about outside of Perth if you want to mm. in lockdown while international travel is like dead yeah where's the best place to go on WA uh, definitely the Ningaloo Reef okay yeah it, the Ningaloo Reef is like one of my favourite places in the world you've got the whale sharks you've got the manta rays mm-hmm. you've got everything everything good is at the Ningaloo Reef okay where would you mm. stay ooh that's a good like question Coral Bay on one side of mm. the Gulf yeah, so I, I was recently at Coral Bay for a field trip, and yes. that was pretty spectacular as well. Yeah. It's great snorkeling inside the reef, and then I guess. Have you been out to like um, near what's the other place up there? Maybe with Monkey Mire, and there's that big sort of oh, sanctuary, Shark Bay? Shark Bay, and they yeah. have dugongs and stuff. Yeah, I was at a, on a field trip to Shark Bay in March, just okay. as 
the lockdown was happening. Did you get to see a dugong? Uh, I did from the boat, okay. not from the water. They're yeah. so shy. I okay. Think. Yeah. And the visibility was terrible. All right. Okay. So we knew there was stuff out around, but oh. we couldn't see it, and it was a bit creepy actually. Oh, maybe but one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Shark Bay is an incredible oh, place. One be- question. Sorry. One more question I have before we go. Okay. Have you, what, what's the weirdest thing you've seen on your little webcams? Have you seen any oh. odd bits? I'm sure you posted some of them on Twitter, but I'm blanking. Do That's they, a really do good fish question. fish get curious about it and come up and look Fish get so curious. I've seen mm. so many fish trying to eat the cameras, but yeah. that's boring. I think the coolest thing I've ever seen on... This is actually on one of my friend's cameras. It's not mine. Yeah. It was an octopus. So it came down on onto this bait bag, and yeah. it was just like, actually, I want this. I don't want any other fish to get this. So it started, like, punching the other fish with its tentacles. Wow. Yeah. They're meant to be, like, really smart. They're so clever. I've actually stopped eating octopus because it freaks me out that they're kind of smart. I don't know why. I don't know why we can eat dumb fish but not smart. No, they're super intelligent. They can get out of jars. They can make friends with people for movies. And Would you ever do that as your next... Octopus? Your postdoc. I do have a soft oh, spot for freaky. octopus, okay. yeah. <laughs> but no, I think sharks win it for me, I'm afraid. Awesome. Well, where can people find your stuff? I know you have a public Twitter feed, but I don't know <laughs> if your Instagram's public. Yeah, I think my Instagram is public. I'm okay. at Emily Kate Lester on Twitter. Yeah. That's where I post about um, my research and all things sharky. And I'm on Instagram. I think I'm at Emily Lester. But that's mainly just my dog okay. and occasional pictures yeah. of the field. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And here's the cool thing with this whole the out- spooky algorithms. You follow mm-hmm. Emily on Twitter, you start getting recommended all these other cool science people. <laughs> and now I follow a whole bunch of plant botanists and probably from following you for some reason I don't know yeah I know a few botanists you yeah might be probably <laughs> all UWA me. mates that you know ah yeah. that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have any messages you want to get out there do you have anything to promote is there some I guess clean up your fishing line clean up your fishing line is a very big one yeah. reduce your plastic use just okay. something to think about just the more you think about it the more you actually put those action make put those thoughts into action and also just get out into the water in Perth and enjoy it because yeah. it's amazing and you will learn to appreciate it more like once you, you know what's there you go oh crap I do want to care about this stuff because I know it exists if you mm-hmm. don't know it exists you don't care about it you know definitely yeah all right thanks so much for coming on for my weird um fairy <laughs> circumference of the river <laughs> podcast Emily Thank you for having me. I, I'm excited to, to hear what happens with this. <laughs> wonder what it'll sound like. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. This has been fun. No worries. Thank you. Cool. Cheers. Oh, I found one. Oh, you found a ticket. <laughs> I bet the other two are in there somewhere. I bet you'll find all three.